0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
1: team every day. In a minute, we lie. we live. We live.
2: This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, And Fantasy Sports. Also, we're adding Major League Baseball to the roster. And we've got a new website, LockedOnSports.com, where you can basically view everything that the network has to offer. Check it out again, LockedOnSports.com. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, just down the street from the Spectrum Center, where yesterday... The the new general manager and president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak, was introduced to the media and to fans. It was on TV, and it was odd. It was weird. And we'll get to that in just a moment, but first let me introduce my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats, Mr. David Walker.
0: Yeah, Doug, did you feel like you were watching some sort of odd dinner theater or something, some performance art or some some statement being made by the press conference? It was
2: more, not dinner theater, it was more like dinner party from The Office. It was just very...
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like not everyone had all of
2: the information that they needed and it made for awkward conversation at times. Uh, So, yeah, we can start there with just sort of our overall thoughts. I will say this... Uh, they they introduced Mitch Kupchak. He was joined by Curtis Polk, whose new title with the team, David, he's always mm. been sort of colloquially known as the right-hand man to Michael Jordan uh, forever. Is that a pre- new title?
0: No, is that a new special title? That's not
2: the new title. I ah. said colloquially he has okay. been known as the right-hand man to Michael Jordan for a long time, pre, mm. pre-Hornets. Mm-hmm. And uh, his new title, though, with the organization is a mouthful managing partner- Alternate governor and minority owner. Wow. One of those sounds like a a Star Wars title. (laughs) Like alternate (laughs) governor. That's But anyway, uh, Kupchak didn't have a lot to say about the current state of the team or his future plans for the team. He was hired two days ago. He was offered the job, he said, uh, seven to ten days ago. Wasn't exactly sure when he was offered. But he was sure that he was hired two days ago and said he hasn't had the opportunity to really get into the specifics of players, coaches, and contracts. There are a lot of quotes, though, to get to, David, and I think there, there were a lot of enlightening things uh, that I learned from this pre- press conference and some of the statements he's made since, uh, yeah. so much so that I really want to spread it out over a couple of episodes. So we're, I'm just going to tell you, we're not going to get to everything in this episode, Like the stuff that he talked about, you know how long he's known Michael Jordan. I want to save that for tomorrow. We're going to talk about in this (laughs) show. (laughs) I know it's I'm I'm holding people. They want to know what I think. And I just got off the I just got off of uh, ESPN 7:30, the wake up call, and the call. They took a caller before my segment, and oh my gosh, this this uh, this awesome guy Robert. He uh, he just went in on on the Hornets for hiring. For hiring Michael Jordan's friend, the UNC Brotherhood. <laughs> I mean, it was just. I mean, there was so much passion there from from Robert. And uh, but I, I will just I will say this: Kupchak said Michael Jordan and me not friends. We're de- we've <laughs> been he he basically said acquaintances. Did not say the word acquaintances, but yeah. that's how he described. It's fair to say that's how he described. The relationship. But I don't want to get into that right now. Well,
0: yeah, but it it felt like uh, that was about as well as he knew anyone in the building, (laughs) which is uh, part of the issue I thought a lot of people had with the press conference.
2: (sighs) He was short on specifics, uh, but he did share some of his philosophies, David, on how to build winning teams in the NBA and how that process has shifted over the years, let's take a listen uh, to what he said about that.
1: If you are rebuilding, and that's not to say this team is in a rebuilding mode, but you've really got to do it through the draft. Um, you have to do it through savvy trades, and free agency is not what it once was. <clears throat> you know, being in Los Angeles for the last four or five years, you know, we tried to attract you know marquee free agents. The bottom line was is that each each free agent that considered or contemplated becoming a a free agent and moving from their home team would have to give up one year of salary that probably are 40, $40 million. Okay, And a lot of players, understandably, are not going to do that. And and the few players that would do it, and we know who those few players are, they're going to do it to go someplace where they can win.
2: So build through the draft, make savvy trades, bring in and build a roster that would attract high-level free agents. David... Correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds a lot like what they've been trying to do.
0: Yeah. And it sounds a lot like what you kind of have to do in the small market. And he mentioned some of that, you know, evening out the playing field a little bit for the small market teams lately. But I think that's the approach that he's got to take. And he painted, you know, some broad strokes yesterday, which is to be expected. I, I think there were some positive things, but certainly some. Uh, some interesting approaches to answers. And you mentioned him only being on the job two days. So, you know, certainly take that into account. But, um, you know, I think some of the folks in the room, you were in the room, Doug, were maybe, you tell me, were there some, were, were, did he leave you wanting more?
2: Well, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but again, I, I'm less, I'm less concerned about Mitch Kupchak's preparedness because I feel right. like, you you don't succeed in the way that Kupchak has four championships, eighteen seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers. Like you don't you don't just roll out of bed and do that. Mm-hmm. So I have confidence that Mitch Kupchak will get up to speed, and I think it's probably a fundamental misunderstanding on our part about what people do in in preparation for these high profile jobs in sports because because I think we we would you know when we look at it from our perspective and say man if I was if I was going to do that job I would have been hitting the books hard and just knowing everything about the team before I met with Michael Jordan and all my but but these guys have been in basketball forever and so it really is and and look at the two things that Curtis Polk pointed out as as what they wanted in their next general manager and and how they felt that Mitch Kupchak fit those roles it was talent evaluation and, and a different kind of talent evaluation than maybe the, the previous regime, and we, we'll get into that in a bit, but also networking skills across the league. One of those qualifiers was not know this team inside and out because, again, you're going right. to have plenty of opportunity to do that. And, but, but the weird part to me, David – was that they chose that day to do the press conference when it was clear that that he just didn't have all of the information available to to answer the questions that and these were not these are natural questions. Hey, what do you what do you think about Kimball Walker? What do you think about Steve Clifford? What do you think about Dwight Howard? What do you think about free agency? You're not gonna have a lot of money. He was like, oh really? <laughs> he just wait, became wait, wait, away. Wait wait wait. wait, wait, wait. We're capped out? Why didn't anyone tell me we were capped out?
0: <laughs> He's a billionaire. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think when people think of these hires, especially like from a coaching position, and I always think of it more in the NFL maybe, and, and maybe that's some of the disconnect when you look at things like this, but you think of guys going to these interviews and having a full – book of of you know strategy and what they'd like to do and how they want to run their offense and how they want to set up the defense and who they want to play when and I'm not sure that's exactly to your point how the general manager is approached I don't think that's how it went this way I think it would be different with the head coach and those questions are probably asked I would assume but yeah I think you know the cards are what they are at this point like he's dealt this hand He's got little wiggle room, so he's got to come in and figure out what to do in the next stage of the GM's life, which is team evaluation and then moving on to the draft. So he can do that now that he's here, I think. I mean, as unsettling as it is for fans and for observers to see a press conference that's so broad, yeah, I'm not sure that it's like up at arm.
2: Here's why it was unsettling. I'm going to tell you why it was unsettling, why it is concerning to many fans out there who watch the press conference who are listening to this podcast right now. This is why. Because this team is dripping with uncertainty and and it's dripping with uh, frustration and failure. And Mitch Kupchak in that press conference did, I would say, very little to address the concerns, the frustrations, and the uncertainty that is around this franchise. I think that he will work to do that over this offseason. And if he, listen, the bottom line is for all of those people concerned about Kupchak's history with the Lakers or whether this was, you know, just another one of those Michael Jordan UNC hires, like what, whatever the concerns are, here's the bottom line. If Kupchak comes in and drafts well over the next two to three seasons and is able to make a few trades to get out from under one or two of these massive contracts that they have that gives them the flexibility to to retool this roster, and if he finds a way to keep Kimball Walker, then all will be well in Hornets land. Right. All right, let's take, yeah. a short, let's take a short pause, David. I'll get your comment on yep. that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about his thoughts on Steve Clifford and the state of the NBA. You always want to know what the general manager thinks about how the game is being played now. We'll tell you what Mitch thinks, and then what we think about what he thinks. That's our job. We say we tell you what he thinks, and then we tell you what we think about what he thinks. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Locked on Hornets. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, it's Mitch Kupchak Day. Your team every day.
0: You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast.
2: He is obsessed with Kawhi Leonard. He is obsessed he's with obsessed bringing with winning an All Star to Charlotte. And he's lying. He's not telling the truth. He's lying. He's lying through his teeth. <laughs> you can't believe him. <laughs>
0: Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com.
2: I will say, David, that I think Michael Jordan was in a no-win situation in terms of optics for that press conference because he was not there. He sent Curtis yep. Polk to do the press conference, but so there are going to be people that say, "Why isn't the team owner who has not oh, really man. spoken to the media?" in in a significant amount of time other than through press releases. Why isn't Michael Jordan front and center on this significant shift, this significant hire that will have ripple effects on the future of the franchise? Why is he not front and center saying, here's Mitch Kupchak! But why it's a no-win situation is because if he was there, that would just set people's hair on fire about (laughs) it being like, here he is! Hamming it up his with his bud friend.
0: his best friend yeah, you're right man I mean he, yeah he put out a statement and I'm sure at some point he'll talk but it, it, i think I think he lives with this team currently in a, in a unwinnable situation <laughs> at times unless they start winning. I think that's the only thing they can save him.
2: okay, so uh did you have anything else on the team building aspect before we get to Clifford?
0: No, I mean, again, I think he he was super broad with it. But again, I just think, I mean, how long do you think it would take if he came into this and knew absolutely nothing except that the team was in North Carolina? I mean, legitimately, how long do you think it would take for them to lay out what the lay of the land is? Hey, here's the situation. We have Kimball Walker, we have no money, and we have these draft picks go, right? Like, it's
2: (laughs) it's You're correct. I don't believe that it's necessarily calculus. It's not right. yes, it's not rocket science. Uh and, and I think that's why, you know, they wanted a they wanted someone. They've got a good, you know, Rich Cho did a great job of building their their analytics department, building the mm-hmm. system that that feeds them the information about analytics. They've got that that you you assume they have that covered. And I think they wanted to bring someone in that they felt was just a better evaluator of talent. And I think while there were certainly some misses in Los Angeles, and there will be whenever you, you spend 18 seasons at the helm of, of any organization, there will be hits and misses. But I think over the term, uh, he is widely considered as a good evaluator of talent uh, in in the NBA. Um, but it was just it was just a we- in terms of optics, it was just a weird yeah. day. Uh, but I want to get to these thoughts on Steve Clifford, Mitch Kupchak. We'll have a lot on his plate this offseason. He's got the draft coming up, maneuvering in free agency with very little wiggle room, the future of Kimball Walker in Charlotte, and the future of his current head coach, Steve Clifford. Clifford has been here for five years, two playoff appearances, but two straight disappointing seasons in a row. He only has one year left on his contract. When asked about Clifford yesterday, Kupchak said, quote, I felt that he would get an opportunity to be a head coach. I wasn't sure it would be that soon, speaking of course of their time uh, in Los Angeles, but I was impressed. I think Steve has been here five years now. Is that right? <laughs> but my feeling was that he Steve, was.
0: Head- <laughs> Steve, right? <laughs>
2: but it was my feeling that he was head coaching material, even though he was with us for one year. And later on, WFNZ asked if he talked to Clifford. He said, it was just pleasantries. We've worked together, and I feel like I know him, and he knows he knows me very well. He's going to be in this league for a very long time. Hmm. Not, those aren't, listen, here's the fact. Th- those are not endorsements. They're also not non-endorsements, which you wouldn't expect him to say. He's not going to come out in that press conference and say, yeah, that guy's gone. Right, that's not gonna happen. Right. And and you know, he gets to, you know, Kupchak gets to sort of use the shield of hey, I've only been here two days, guys. Give me a give me a second. Gotta get my right. gotta get my feet on the ground. He did know hey, by the way, he did know it was called uptown. Oh man. He didn't Smoke call it down him. he didn't call it downtown well, Charlotte. Some newbie told him. That was the one, the <laughs> one thing that he, he got a prep sheet and the one thing that he said, Oh, it's uptown, eh? All right. Um, but those aren't endorsements. So, uh, what do you, what do you take from that? Very little to take from that factually, but what do you think about the future of Steve Clifford in Charlotte? Did he coach his last game last night as head coach of the Charlotte Hornets?
0: Oof, TBD, Doug. But I think what we know is that that's what we thought, that there was going to be an evaluation period and Steve Clifford would be included in that. Uh, so, you know, Kubchak played it right down the line as far as not tipping his hand. (laughs) Let's say, let's be fair. So he didn't didn't tip his hand in that press conference, but you know, they're going to have to look at Steve Clifford and and he'll be part of those conversations too. So like you said, I mean, not a ringing endorsement, um, but, but not a condemnation either. So, you know, uh, it's, it's part of the process that they'll be going through. And don't you think at some point they will ask Steve, I mean, I'll be interested to know how these how these talks play out. But, I mean, Cooper's mm-hmm. certainly going to have a say in, in some of this, you know, like his opinion. Well, I would think – you don't think so?
2: I think that they've brought Mitch Kupchak in for a reason, and that reason is that they were not satisfied with the current direction of the franchise. And, listen, Mitch Kupchak is not only general manager – he was given a second title, David, president oh, yeah, of basketball yeah. operations, and and I think that, you know, in the in the press conference he said there is no mandate from the organization that I cannot go over the tax. You know, he was talking about the salary cap situation, but I I'd have to bet that there's a mandate from from ownership that this organization uh, be. Be taken into some kind of different direction. You you don't you don't make a a hire uh, it, it, like a Mitch Kupchak. You didn't bring in a young guy. You you didn't bring in an unknown guy. You brought in someone who is known for making big deals and and winning championships. And, and I don't think you bring a guy like that and then say, hold on, now we gotta we gotta get coach's recommendation too. So I, I think, I think this, is, this is going to be Kupchak's ship to turn in, in whatever direction he feels is best for the organization in concert with ownership. And, and I just wonder if they are truly going to go in a radically different direction, if that would include the, the coach who has been trying desperately to get them into a, into a playoff position. That's yeah, a, that's my know. that's my feeling on it. And again, I've said this many times. I don't think what happens to Steve Clifford in this offseason will be a reflection of his uh coaching ability one way or the other. I think that Michael Jordan has a lot of respect for Steve Clifford as a head coach. And 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 we know around the league he is respected because he he has philosophies that win basketball games and win a lot of basketball games and have led to consistent playoff performances from the teams that he's been a part of and that he's learned and the, and the head coaches that he's learned from and he's brought those philosophies with him to Charlotte. But at the same time, I think there's a legitimate question about whether he would be on board with or whether the team would be on board with him leading a team team that is going in a completely different direction.
0: Right. Well, that's what I meant as far as his desire to stay on, if that was put an option to him to do that, if it went in an entirely different direction. And I'll say this to the, you know, because I've gotten questions about why would they fire Clifford? And I I agree. I mean, I I think Clifford is a real asset to this team. But been here five years, failed to make the playoffs two times in a row. I, I mean, I think the team construction is the major Downfall and all of that, but you can't ignore the fact that the success has not been there. And I think Steve Clifford's style is demanding in a way that, like, he hasn't lost this team. I think they've still played hard to the very end, even last night against the Pacers. They've they played hard. Agreed. But the deep, but the defense has fallen off. Injuries have a lot to do with that. But I just think his style is very demanding and not even in maybe a conscious way that it's just hard to keep up doing that. It's hard to do anything in this league it seems like for that long without some sort of re-energizing some sort of new vision new voice you know what I mean like I think on some level these guys are almost used to that And, and certainly like Kimba's had what's Kimba has had what he's Clifford is his fourth head coach I think so and that's been a steadying force but but I just think after a while regardless of how good the message is or how much success you may have had with it, it starts to go stale just on its own. And it's not really a reflection of who is giving it, but it's just tough to keep that going at a high level for, you know, year after year after year, if you don't have the success.
2: Well, the other question too, David, is look, Kupchak's going to have a vision about how he wants this basketball team to, to play on the court. And that will be reflected in the kinds of personnel moves that he makes, right, in, in drafting and in free agency and in, in any kind of trades. It's going to reflect a vision uh, of, of what he wants to see on the floor. So it's important that we know, hey, Mitch, what are your thoughts on how the game is played today? Do you like it? Do you believe in it? Do you believe that the NBA will continue to play this way? I asked that question to Mitch. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, I like the way the game is played today. Okay, uh, I okay. like
1: uh, pace, you know, uh, up and down. I love the three-point line. I love the, the rule changes that the NBA's done to, you know, let the athletic players flourish. You know, with the hand-checking and and the you know the the draw charge thing in the in the, in the key and um, you know I, I just love the way the game is played today and. Um, I think the rules favor that. I think the, the fans like it. I think it's fun to watch. And I think the players like to play that way, too. You know, so fast-paced, up and down. Um, you know, layups, free throws, take threes. You know, get back, defend. Um, you know, protect the rim. I think it's fun to watch. I think players
2: like to play that way. All right, so there you uh, go. Mitch Kupchak, his view of the game. He loves the three. He loves the three-point line.
0: The free throws, uh, the layups, the passes, the dribbles, the dunks, the shots, the timeouts, and the like and such. Uh, man, that was a good question, Doug. He likes the game. He likes the way it's played.
2: I think it's an, I, I. I don't think that it's a given. I, I. I don't think that it's a given that that everyone, especially someone who's been that who's seen the game change, mm-hmm. as much as Mitch has. He's been around the game for as long as Mitch has. I don't think it's necessarily a given that he would be receptive to the way the game has changed. There are a lot of old heads on NBA, on NBA TV and on TNT that say, I don't, I don't like all this, this jump shooting. Is that what they call it? Jump shooting. I don't like all of this jump shooting. And, and so I think it's important that we hear Mitch say, hey, this is a style of play that I think that not only I enjoy – but I think players enjoy playing, and so we should play that way so that players will come here and and, right. and like to play that way. And, and I think, too, the other thing that I gleaned from that is that he did say some things like getting back, protecting the rim, some things that are very Steve Cliffordian, if, that's, if I can use that term. Mm-hmm. But he also said he likes pace, up and down. That traditionally has not been the way... The Hornets have played under Steve Clifford. They've been in the range of 18 to 22 in pace for uh, the first four seasons of Steve Clifford basketball. This season, they jumped up to ninth. And we've talked a lot about why that is on this show because this team really struggled offensively in the half court. And and they felt like, you know, based on what we've heard from the coaching staff, it, it just it felt like they... Thought that they needed to create steals and get out into transition and get into early offense in order to effectively play offensively, because their half-court offense was. I eh, like the longer they held the ball, the the less opportunity. Which this is a general rule, but it it applied even more for the Hornets. The longer they held the ball, the less, uh, the the less things went well.
0: Yeah, so I think you have to be excited about some of that. You know, from the, the question or the answer that he gave to your question about the style of play, that, that is where things are going. That is a more fun product to watch. I would think fans would be excited about, about that. I mean, his major effort is going to be getting players in here. that can play that way. Right. I mean, that's been the biggest, uh, that's been the biggest drawback so far.
2: So tomorrow I want to talk about Mitch's thoughts on the NBA draft, his, his method of scouting players. I'm going to tell you right now, it, it is very different from what you've heard previously from Rich Cho. It is, a, it is a different direction. So we'll dive into our thoughts on that. Plus, we will recap some of Mitch Kupchak's draft history with the Los Angeles Lakers. And did Michael Jordan hire his buddy, his friend? That's what, you'll hear that a lot. I'm gonna spoil it for you. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> but I don't even know if they like each other.
2: It's weird. We'll get into those comments. I promise. They're they're very interesting, and and maybe you buy it and maybe you don't. But we're going to present the information to you and talk about it tomorrow. So that'll be tomorrow. But just final thoughts, David, about Mitch Kupchak's introduction. How should we know? We sort of know how fans feel already. The, yeah. If I could sum it up in a in, in a sound, I would say, hey, ey, ey. like that would be it. Hey. Yeah,
0: I would say mine would be, huh?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, but I think I think you know no you know no one remembers who won the presser uh, as long as things go in the right direction as you pointed out. So a lot of things to come, and 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 you want to judge them. On, uh, on those moves that are made that will be you know will be seen shortly. I, I, the Clipper thing is interesting to me because you know these exit interviews are going to start happening so who knows who knows how, who knows how soon things will start to occur.
2: There are things around the organization that are concerning enough as they are. the contract situations that they have to deal with, the future of uh, Malik Monk, and Dwayne Bacon, will those players progress this offseason like the Hornets will desperately need them to because of the lack of flexibility All, and, and the future of Kimba Walker. All of those things, I think, are are things to be concerned about. I wouldn't be totally totally geeked up about the fact that, that Mitch Kupchak wasn't really ready to answer questions. I, I'm not sure that that's a, a big concern. I think they brought someone, they wanted to bring a name that had some some pull some meaning in the NBA and and a a name that had a history of evaluating talent and making deals in the NBA to set up uh not only playoff winning basketball but championship winning basketball and they got their guy. I mean I, I don't think that it was a given that Mitch Kupchak was going to come to Charlotte. It took a while for for it all to develop. And and I think we're just going to have to see uh, in the next few weeks, once he does uh, figure out the cap situation and figure out what players he has and what players he wants and and the head coaching situation, we're just going to have to evaluate each of those uh, as, as, as we come to them. But we've got a big show tomorrow. We're going to break down a few other things from this Mitch Kupchak draft. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going in depth. This is the kind of analysis that you can come to expect from this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets! Go America! Let's swarm sharp!